All right, here, off we go. The second half begins for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this uh, call-in episode, of, of course, will coincide with the second half of this riveting football game. This is the least important football you'll watch all year. The second half of the second game, it's important for some of the players trying to find their way onto, onto the roster, but it's that, really that third game that's going to determine whether they get onto the roster or whether they don't. And that's just the way it is. You know what? You got guys on this team that it appears can't play really well. You've got Detroit lions who are dominating up front and that's not good. And that kind of shows that the depth of the Indianapolis Colts isn't really what it should be and what it needs to be for them to compete at a high level. So that's just the way it goes. And you're going to have to find a way to, if people get hurt, put people on the field who can play a little bit, don't you think? Well, I sure do. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're having kind of a family thing, and, and uh, the great Stella is here, and Stella would like a beverage, and so she's going to have some water as we watch the second half. You know what? Regular season football, we sit and we watch, and we're kind of riveted, and we pay close attention. The preseason, not so much as Sam Ellinger is sacked, and that's not good. We, we don't want Sam Ellinger to get sacked, but he does. Dan Campbell didn't come to Indianapolis for a haircut, and so he's going to try to win this game against the Colts. Was that delicious? <laughs> Close enough. All right. Um, the, uh, there she goes. Stella is off to the races, off to watch uh, silly songs again. A- at any rate, what the Colts really need, and, and we've seen this. Uh, the offense comes off the field and the uh, uh, Lions offense comes on. Is that you need another tackle. And Dennis Kelly looks to be the guy who is going to be that tackle. In the first half, Matt Pryor was not great. And that's not good for the Colts. If, if Matt Pryor isn't good, uh, you got a problem. In playing against the twos for the Detroit Lions, you would think that he would have been a little bit better than he was. Bernard Ryman came in, and Bernard Ryman wasn't bad. And then on the other side, of course, at tackle, he had Jordan Murray. And, and Jordan Murray, um, he's huge, and you can't teach that. But he, he isn't too good. And uh, so, you know, this is going to be an interesting time. I, I think as I talk about the, the lack of importance of the, this second half, of the second game of the preseason – I, I think it's a little bit important for Dio Odangbo. I think he's got to find a way to play and play at a high level, or he is not going to be a rotational fit for this team. And as a second-round pick, even with that torn Achilles uh, that he is fully recovered from now, he's got to find a way to get to the quarterback and and make guy make plays for this defense. Or what in the world do you got going? All right, let's talk to James. How you doing, James? You enjoying the second half? Make sure and unmute yourself. As I was prattling on and on uh, about what I'm looking at, Marcel Dabo into the game, and that's kind of cool. Um, James, you got to unmute yourself, and then you can talk. And and not and that's uh, I think it's down at the bottom of the screen toward the right. You see the microphone with the slash through it. Hit that, and then you'll be able to talk. And you'll be able to share your wisdom with all of those in the room. Uh, Another first down for the Lions, and that's not good. If you want to activate yourself as a caller, go right ahead. We enjoy taking calls. 
always good to take calls, always fun to take calls and, and have this be interactive. The, you know, what we do on the YouTube channel is a little bit interactive, but not always. James is there. How are you doing, James? I'm doing good, sir. I, I live in Gulfport, Mississippi. Wow. So I'm, I'm unable to watch this game. I have a quick question for you, sir. What is sure. going on with the special teams? It seems like the, uh, the other teams are running all over us. It hadn't been very good. And, and really, the special teams is the one place where you're kind of seeing the guys that you're going to see come the regular season. And so Bubba Ventrone is going to have to go back to work. He's the special teams coordinator. He's going to have to go back to work and figure some things out. Or special teams will go from being a, uh, a strength for the Colts to being a real weakness. Uh, the return game for opponents has been really good. I, I, really, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be this way this year that they had kind of learned their lesson, but, and, and we've got to, I've, I've said it a couple of times, but we've got to avoid the temptation to watch and believe with our eyes, what we see in the preseason is going to be what we see in the regular season, but there's a lack of intensity from this team. And, and there was a lack of intensity last year when they started one in three or one in four, you've got to get intense and you got to play the early season games like they matter. And I think that starts in the preseason. How's everything in Gulfport? Gulfport, a really, really cool town. Love the Gulf Coast down there with Gulfport and, uh, and Biloxi. Very, very nice place to live. Uh, I don't know if it's a nice place to live, but it's a terrific place to visit. How you doing? I'm doing good, sir. It's hot and humid down here. <laughs> and that's uh, the way it is about 10 months a year, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's that's correct. I'm originally <laughs> I'm originally from Evansville, and it gets hot and humid there. But the, uh, the uh, it's a lot longer uh, down here as far as being hot and humid than it is in Evansville. I appreciate it, James. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you spending some time with us. The call in app, of course, a uh, place to have some really good conversations. We and and we relax a little bit. It's not all about uh, football, especially during the preseason. Um, Lions score a touchdown, but there's a flag on the play, uh, relatively certain that that's on the defense. Yeah, they were offsides. They moved, and so it was a free play, and the Lions score. Now they're up 19-13, to 13, and that's not good. If you're getting frustrated watching these preseason games, the best way to exercise your frustration is to join us. Become a caller. Activate yourself and yell and rant and rage. Uh, about what we're looking at and how this appears. The the roof closed today, which kind of bothers me, but I, I know it's it's raining uh, in parts of central Indiana, and that's the way it goes. So, you know, what are you going to do? But feel free to activate yourself and tell me what you think about this game as the uh, Lions put seven on the board, now up 20 to 13. Uh, the defense hasn't been great. I, I don't know. There's uh, that touchdown. Uh, was through the outstretched hands of Chris Wilcox, who, who's played some and is a, uh, a second-year guy out of BYU. Look, it, it, and this is the second touchdown pass we've seen that has been thrown to a receiver being covered by a guy with his back to the ball. His head turned, did not see the ball coming, couldn't adjust to the ball, couldn't make a play on the ball, and because of that, it's another touchdown for the Lions. You can't do that. And, and you know what? Ron Miles, as a coach, knows he can't do that. Mike Mitchell, as the assistant secondary coach, knows he can't do that. 
And these guys on the field right now need to know you can't do that. It, it, it's one thing not to be too terribly talented as you play in a preseason game in a, the second half of the second game. I get it. You know what? These are not top of the roster guys. These are not potential Pro Bowl candidates. They're not going to be starters for a team that wins a whole lot of games. That's just the way it is. No offense to any of them. But you can do what you are paid to do fundamentally well. That you can do. And in covering entirely with your back to the football and the back of your head to the ball is not the way this gets done. You watch guys like Stephon Gilmore, even Isaiah Rogers, Kenny Moore, they see the ball and the man. You got to see the ball and the man. I understand you don't want to give up the underneath play, so you don't want to get over the top, but you've got to understand when the ball's coming and you've got to find a way to respond to the ball coming and make a play on the ball that's coming in order to keep touchdowns from happening. This is pretty basic stuff. High school guys know this. So I, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with that secondary where, where they believe they can cover people with their backs to the ball, but it, it just doesn't work. And, and what we hope now, it, it, and we know, I, I don't want to go over this ad nauseum and remind everybody every two minutes, and by everyone I mean reminding myself, that what we see, we tend to believe. We can't believe what we see here. This is not a portend of things to come for the Colts. It's not. The regular season is going to be different, and they had better damn well win that first regular season game, or things are going to get really unpleasant at the Colts complex. You have got to get a team prepared. to. You're preparing a team to play September 11th. You're not preparing a team to play, you know, December 7th. You're not. This is, it is a long season. But if you don't start well, you got to dig yourself out of a hole. And we saw it last year. And, and in seeing it last year, we saw what the, uh, what the consequence of that is. You have the bad start, right? Slow start. And then you got a team that has got to play balls out, crazy, hyperkinetic football for seven, eight, nine games. And wow, they get a little bit tired and you wind up with, uh, with a problem in, in December and January where you lose the last two games of the season and you miss the playoffs and you can't do that. I mean, that's just not something you can get done. You know, you, you have to uh, get, what are you looking for, bub? Sorry, we've got, oh, down here. Tums. All right, that's what you get for eating a home run in pizza. This is what we had for our game snack. It's not for you? Or is it? It is for you. you. So, so anyway, we're on the calling app, you know. Oh, yeah. What'd you think of the first half? We sat and watched that together. This is my son, Ryan, by the way. Hello, everyone. Uh, To be completely honest, it's so hard to tell what you're watching. Um, I did like uh, Philip Lindsay. He looked like, I mean, that's a legitimate third back that you have or a second back if you're going to play Hines in the slot. Um, you know, you'll love getting a turnover. Uh, Lewis looks good on the edge after hurting himself, but who knows what you're playing against twos, and he was playing against ones last year. So, But uh, hard to tell with these guys. Pierce made a nice catch and run on a third down, got you somewhere, and you like to see that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you probably saw a whole lot more during the – uh, live practices than you're seeing here with in terms of what you're going to see. You played college basketball at Loyola of Chicago. 
So you had preseason practices that started, what, October 15th, mm-hmm. right? And then your first game was about three weeks later, kind of an exhibition type thing against some ragtag bunch of D3s, you know, it, 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 south side of Chicago or, you know, suburban team. Um, how could you tell, based on the way the Ramblers played in those exhibitions, could you tell how they were going to play when you played real games? No. You can't. Um, th- what you're really looking for is energy and intensity from the guys. Uh, you're obviously going to be rusty. You're not going to run plays exactly right. Uh, your talent level's way above wh- who you're playing against. So you're basically just looking for guys trying to be in the right place, thinking through you know, certain situations and, and being right place, right time, trying to be on help side, stuff like that. Um, if guys are doing that, then you're in pretty good shape. But when you got guys at the beginning of the year who – don't even have a clue of where they're supposed to be or aren't even trying to get where they're supposed to be. That tells you a lot more. How often, and this is not specific to Loyola, how often do people out of a timeout not have any idea what the coach said or where they're supposed to go on the floor? I'm going to say 100% of that. (laughs) Good Lord. I wish they had a camera on that and they showed because I'm sure you would see a guy who's on the floor talking to a guy who wasn't on the floor asking them and you're talking you wonder what are they talking about well they're talking the guy who's on the floor is asking what did the coach say what's the play what am I supposed to do and then you go out and they they try to do it and you don't have any personal experience with this do you oh not at all zero <laughs> zero percent experience about with that but yeah, no, 100% of timeouts, uh, someone was either talking to me or one of the other guys on the bench, making sure that, or not even making sure, just actually getting the information that they were supposed to get during the 60 <laughs> seconds that they were being spoken to. So. Excellent. All right, good. Enjoy your Tums and uh, go take care of your beautiful daughter. Um, hey, activate yourself. Colts just scored a touchdown. Des Patman from Sam Ellinger. Good to see Des Patman doing some work. Because I got to tell you, there has not been an instance at practice where I said, oh, hey, number 10. Who's that? I know that number 10 is Patman anyway, but how I kind of gauge who they're going to keep when I'm trying to think uh, about who's going to kind of be kept on the roster and who's playing well and who kind of pops in practice. It's uh, I, I think, oh. You know, there's that guy's number. Like 49, I've seen a bunch. And 49 on the defensive side of the ball is Forrest Ryan. And Forrest Ryan has played good football. And I think he's got a hell of a chance to stick with this team. Um, Another guy that I saw really during OTAs more in minicamp, more than uh, during training camp, is Ethan Fernea, who's still with the team. and, And he's got a cut to survive this Tuesday. Colts have to get down to 80. They're at like 85 or 84 because of Drew Ogletree going on IR. And so you uh, you, you think, okay, if Fernea can – because Fernea is going to be a beast on special teams. Fernea is going to sacrifice himself, as he did at UCLA, in order to try to make his team better. That's what he does. And that's what he did there. That's He went there as a, as a walk-on, earned a scholarship, earned a uh, an, an invite – to training camp. The Colts signed him as an undrafted free agent. And what's he look like? He looks like a guy who's going to stick his head in there and hit somebody on special teams and maybe be a guy who's going to be a possession receiver at some point. He he sort of reminds me of Mitchell Page. 
And Mitchell Page uh, graduated from Garen uh, High School here in Indianapolis and then went to Indiana, wanted to get on the field, and so he became the holder for field goals. And then all of a sudden Kevin Wilson started to play him at wide receiver, and he got invites out to uh, uh, training camp for the Chargers. He got cut. But what a cool experience for a guy who, you know, kind of just bloodied his knuckles on Kevin Wilson's door. And finally, Kevin Wilson said, all right, kid, come on in. And, you know, undersized uh, compared to a guy like Mike Scron, and, and then finds his way to be a really uh, a significant contributor to those Hoosier teams for which he played. And, and speaking of Mike Scron, nice day for Scron today. He had that procedure, so he didn't play. In the first preseason game, he was activated uh, recently. And Strun today with three catches for 45 yards. Dez Patman, five catches, 103 yards, both with a touchdown. Right now, Sam Ellinger, 9 of 11 for 136 yards. It's 12.4 yards per attempt, which is, uh, frankly, almost historic. And his passer rating is, one if it protract, or prorated throughout an entire season, it would be historic, not you know, in in uh, two quarters of a preseason game. And his passer rating, 157.8, 158.3 is perfect. So he's got it rolling a little bit, and that's a good thing. Activate yourself as a caller. I want to talk to you people. I want, more importantly, I want to listen to you people. There are two types of, of people with whom you can have a conversation. The type who all they want to do is talk. And then you got the type, and what they want to do is listen. And then you got the actually the third kind, and that third kind is is the person who wants to both listen and respond and have a conversation. And that third type, that's me. I like listening, I like responding, and then sending you on your way to enjoy a Saturday night, whether you're going to the Luke Bryan show out at Ruoff tonight, whether you're going to a party, I'm going to a birthday party in a little bit for a friend. Uh, and looking forward to that. But until then, it's you and it's me, and we're talking about football. So uh, all the a lot of people in the room, one of you has got to want to talk because that's the way this works. I want conversation. Uh, sack by the Colts, and that's uh, Hurricane Dio. Hurricane Dio has turned it up to Category 5 for the Colts, and that is a wonderful thing to see. Second-round pick out of Vanderbilt. Projected as a first-round pick in uh, the 2021 draft. Tore his Achilles, preparing for the Senior Bowl. So he went to the Colts in the second round. And now he's showing out a little bit. He, he didn't look great in the first half, but I think he's uh, the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. So uh, Dio with the sack as the, uh, the Lions trying to run the ball and they can't do anything uh, on the ground, at least – uh, not in this game. And there we got another guy who's flashed a little bit, and that's Cameron Klein, who makes a play. 92. Every time I see 92, I think of Chad Bradsky. You know what I mean? Like, there are guys who, for whatever reason, and Chad Bradsky was not a great Colt, but I always think of uh, of Bradsky when I see 92. Uh, let's talk to Toby. How you doing this afternoon, Toby, watching this, uh, this uh, crazy game? Good, Ken. How you doing? I'm doing great. So I just, you know, as I watch this stuff, I, you know, we've talked about, you've mentioned it before as far as their drafting and they're using their personnel, personnel, player evaluations and stuff like that, the mental checks and all that stuff. Do you, 
do, do you think the Colts have the right balance right now between looking at pl- potential players with the right intensity versus those who might have a few character flaws? You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, well, they've got a lot of guys. This is a team, and, and we talk about it all the time, and it sounds really overblown. I, and to, to be honest, I don't know to what extent it's utterly important for a championship culture, but these guys have genuine character. Like, these are good human beings who are team-first kind of contributors, and they are a pleasure to be around. And the guys that they've added this year to the coaching staff are their character equivalents. Um, would you rather see some guys with questionable character but with great physical traits? Is that what you're saying? I mean, you know, it, it just seems like always that they're missing that that X factor, the intangible piece on the field, like you're talking about the intensity, you know, that part is that, do you think that has any relation or correlation to the history in the past few years of not starting out on a good pace? Wow. I I think a lot of it has to do, and this is me extrapolating uh, facts, not really in evidence. So I'll say that up front, but I think that Frank Reich is, is such a tactician and such a, a stylist where it comes to coaching that it's really not like getting guys just ready to, you know, spit nails is, is not, is not kind of where, where he's at. And, yeah. and so as a result, I think this team winds up kind of getting behind the eight ball, starting zero and three, you know, or one and four, whatever, but not winning, not winning the opener during the Reich era. And, and then five years back beyond that, I think that's part of these guys, instead of trying to dominate games, I think they're trying to do the right thing. And I don't think that it's that level of intensity that's going to allow you to win games early. Once you paint yourself in a corner, you got no choice but to fight. Until right. that happens, I don't see the Colts as being a team that feels a sense of urgency. And I don't think Frank Reich communicates it. So yeah, that, other, that's kind of my deal. The other two parts of it, I'll say, and you've said it numerous times before is uh, using his, the analytics kind of pulled a money ball type thing. Yeah. Using that as a part of the decision, but not the, you know, the heavy weight of the decision. And the other part is, which I don't think it's ever going to happen is him giving up the play calls. I, I, I think those two are the plague of part of the play, contributors to it. You know, football is a game played by men who go out and manhandle other men. To me, <laughs> I, I think you win games at the line of scrimmage. You win games through execution. You win games through physical dominance. I don't know how many you win because you you went for it on fourth and four and picked up a first down in the first half. You know what right. I mean? I, I just, yeah. I, I am not, I love analytics in basketball. I think analytics work in basketball. I think it's ruining baseball, frankly. I think there's a place for it, but in moderation. And I yeah. think that there's a place for it in football, but in moderation also. But I think less so in football. And when you focus on on analytics in football, I, I and that becomes kind of your calling card. I think that, you know, the, it, it just doesn't work. I, I don't find it like a long-term, sustainable, successful strategy. I don't think that's the way Belichick does things, for instance. And I know it's not the way that a guy like Lombardi did it. 
You know, that was about yeah. teaching men how to run, you know, that power sweep so they could do it in their sleep and knock people on their ass. That's what yeah. that's what football wa- was in in Green Bay. Then I, I appreciate the call, Toby. Thank you Thank very you. much. Have a great day. Um, hey, oh, love you, Ryan and the beautiful Stella. They are leaving. They have had enough preseason football, and they've had enough silly songs. So off they go. You want to say something, Stella? No. No. What do you think of the Colts? Well, I think that the Colts are going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ventriloquist. You're, you're wonderful. Thank you for being such a good listener. That Can you wave? No? All right. You're watching a football game. You know what? The, the apple does not fall far from the tree. All right, let's. Uh, so the Colts continue. Ryman on the field in the second half, and that's interesting to see. Uh, we like Bernard Ryman. Bernard Ryman is the smiliest left tackle that you're ever going to see in your life, and and I kind of sort of you know trolling the waters of Europe, and and I see this not to go on a tangent about the Pacers, but the Pacers look at who they've drafted. Right, Chris Duarte, where's he from? The Dominican Republic. Dick uh, Matherin, where's he from? In Mexico City. And, and, you know, it seems like they're getting guys from different cultures in order to come here and establish a, a culture with the Pacers. And I think that that's a pretty good deal. I think that that's all right. There they go. Um, at any rate, the uh, this you live life on the weekend for goodness sake, and this way he'll love you too. Uh, absolutely. So um, it, you're never your your kid's never too old to say you love him. That's a good rule. Ever ever ever. I don't think my dad said I love you after I turned twelve. I think from that point on it was kind of uh, all right. We'll talk to you later. That was it. That was about the best you got from dad. So we're trying to be trying to be a little bit more. Oh, you're waving like a person. Look at Stella wave. That's wonderful. Love you. What a good kid. Uh, Colts, hopefully. Three point uh, dogs today. I always counsel people to bet the dogs in the preseason, especially home dogs in a game where the starters aren't going to play. Because what do you think is going to happen? We don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. Off Ryan and Stella go to have a a wonderful uh, rest of their weekend. And we're going to do the same thing as the Colts continue to play against the Detroit Lions. And you know what? Those practices the last two days, or Wednesday and Thursday, much more important to the development of this team than, uh, uh, than this game is. This game, you know, I think honestly that if if the Colts and Lions had a say, they would have just said, you know what, the hell with it, we're done. We we did the practices, we're not going to do any more, and we're we're through with this. And that would be that'd be what they uh, they would choose to do, because what's the point in exposing yourself to you know further chaotic uh, football activity? which can result in injuries. And you really don't want anybody injured. Even back into the roster guys, nobody wants to see those guys injured. 
Uh, activate yourself as a caller. And, and let's finish this thing out with a bang, as we hope that the, the Colts do the same. We would love to see the Colts win this game, even though it's absolutely and utterly meaningless. Uh, the game tied at 20. Kind of odd that uh, the Lions and Colts tied at the end of, or tied in the first quarter, 3-3. They tied in the second quarter, 10-10. They are tied in the third quarter right now, 7-7. So this could not be any more um, any more tight than uh, uh than than it is right this is uh you know it, it's a close game it's a meaningless game but it's a close game and you, you try to find things that are going to pique your interest within it so you can keep watching and enjoy yourself um no point in watching football and getting frustrated especially for the second preseason game uh lines ball on their own 16 and they gash the colts for another run and you can't have that sterling weatherford uh, with yet another tackle. That's what he does. First preseason game led the team in tackles, right? Today, he's got five. So that's a pretty good day for him. Marvell Tell with seven. Marvell Tell is going to be really interesting to me. Uh, Colts like Marvell Tell. Uh, Colts management, Colts coaching staff, they like him. He's long. He's tall. He's athletic. He is a guy who can play multiple positions, and and they do like him. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, you you talk about a guy who hadn't shown it on the field much, and he's that guy. The COVID year, absolutely, utterly lost, right, because he opted out. And and what does that say? What was the reason? How did he explain it to the team? Um, What in the world caused that to happen? Tyquan Lewis talking to Lara Overton, the, uh, uh, you know, a New Albany Bulldog of great repute, a graduate of the Lee Kelly School of Broadcasting at WNAS down in New Albany, like so many people are. And Taekwon is really, really a good dude and has uh, has matured a great deal since he got here as a rookie from Ohio State a few years ago. Let's go to Noah. Noah, make sure and unmute yourself. And uh, what do you think of this game? Is this of any interest to you? And, and what have you seen that you enjoy? It's going pretty good. You get to see how some of the players develop that are not like the starters. Yeah, you do, right? And that's kind of, it's to me. It's kind of like a, a watching American Idol. You know, where you, where you see a guy like Sterling Weatherford, and and you wonder if what you're seeing is real, and whether the coaching staff sees it in the same way you do, right? Yeah, I got a question for you, Kent. Sure. So I play. I'm a senior. And I, I'm in I'm in the state of Indiana. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in particularly I'm in the Greenway area. If you're familiar with that. Yeah. So I play. I don't play for a D. I'm not sure which D level school I play for, but I I'm a I'm a in the whole state I'm a top ten center for high school. In, in football. Yeah. Good for you. I already got one offer. Do you where? Um, Michigan. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Good for you, man. And they, uh, they said like they want me to come down there for like a, like what, like, like a tour or whatever to get yeah. to see what it's like down there. Yeah, up at up in Ann Arbor. 
I think that's what he he said he was going to contact me later since football season doesn't start for a little bit for college. Yeah, right. So That's he said, a beautiful when, thing, man. Good, uh, good luck with that, and uh, enjoy the process, and and understand that you know uh, one thing that I do agree with Frank Reich about um, is that uh, that whole one percent better every day thing. You know, if you if you do what you need to do every single day, you're going to get better and better and better. And and I'll tell you a story about the center of the Colts, Ryan Kelly. All right, so the off- a coach, I don't know if he was the O-line coach, from Alabama came up to Ryan Kelly's high school up in Cincinnati. And he was there to talk to a kid and, and recruit a kid. He's in the weight room, and he's watching this other guy who's just working his brains out lifting. And so he asked the head coach at that high school in Cincinnati, said, okay, who's that guy? I know I'm here to talk to this guy, but who's that guy? Is that well? That's Ryan Kelly. He's a sophomore, and uh, man, you're you're right to look at him. He is big, and he works his brains out. And that's where he wound up going to school was Alabama because that coach walked into the weight room and saw him working, and and the tenacity with which he works. So whether you're getting recruited by somebody or not, understand that people are always watching, and you always have a chance to impress them. And, and that's kind of the name of the game is going about your business in a way that predicts you to be a, a very, very uh, trustable, bankable guy when you get to college. All right. That's Noah. Good for him. Right. Very, very nice that Noah. Uh, that, that's unusual. I got to tell you the truth. It's unusual. That a uh, that Michigan would offer uh, as as kind of a lone wolf. Usually, you kind of go up the pecking order. You know, some like Danny O'Neill, the quarterback at Cathedral, had a great night last night against Lafayette. Uh, Lafayette Jeff, um, he got offered first by Toledo, and then I think Miami of Ohio. So Max schools. Then he gets an offer from Purdue. Then he gets an offer from Indiana, and now he's getting more and more and more offers. But it, it generally, you kind of escalate interest um, throughout the recruiting process where you've got, uh, you know, Mac schools or, um, you know, WAC schools. And then you get uh, nibbles from lower level uh, Big Ten schools and then higher level Big Ten schools. And then finally, maybe some SEC schools. And Danny's also gotten uh, offers from Kentucky and Louisville. And, and he's a really good student and a great kid and already a, a state champion and going for a 6A state championship this year, trying to figure out how to, you know, end Eric Moore's streak down at Center Grove. So, you know, and for those of you who are younger and you're playing, go get them. You know, take nothing for granted. None of these opportunities are ever going to be present for you again. If you got a game, if you had a game last night and you balled out, good for you. Practice your ass off this week. Ball out next Friday night and the next Friday night until there are no more Friday nights because at some point they stop. Everybody who is here, thanks so much. I had a great time. For those of you who participated uh, in, in, you know, sharing your perspective on things. 
I think that's wonderful. We'll do it again uh, next Saturday night as the Colts wrap up the preseason against the Bucks. Look forward to talking to you twice every day on the YouTube channel and, and throughout the week on other various social media. And uh, can't wait to do it again. Let's go.